Hello and welcome to episode number 77 of the WP Cafe show with me, Keith Devon, and my co-host, Mark Wilkinson. Uh, today we're going to be talking, I think, mostly about hidden complexity in projects and a few other bits and pieces in uh, our lives and in the general WordPress space. Um, but first, thanks very much for joining us. If you're live with us on YouTube, we really appreciate it. Say hi in the comments. We love to know who's watching. And also just uh, chat along, ask questions. We'll do our best. We'll keep an eye on comments as the show goes on. And um, if you're joining us on the podcast or some other methods, uh, welcome along too. Great to have you as always. Mark, how's your week been? Uh, yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, hopefully not for everyone, but you're breaking up a little bit for me, Keith. But fingers crossed, it's just uh, just a, a glitch. Uh, yeah, my week's been good. I've been uh, building a new uh, provider for job relay, so we're integrating with Workable, which is another job posting provider. So we had a client which wanted to use it, so uh, we built it with with them in, on board. Uh, and then we've kind of launched that this week, and so far, so good. It seems to be relatively successful, uh, not had any glitches or anything, so that's been enjoyable to do, something new to get my teeth tucked into. So hopefully, hopefully, lots more people want that integration, and they'll uh, find us for it, we'll see. But that was good nice. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, it's been all right. What about you? Yeah, pretty good. Good week. Um, just lots of little bits and pieces. Um little bit of project work, kind of client work, a little bit of rack press work, a little bit of job relay work. So yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been kind of kind of busy. Um some kind of businessy developmenty stuff um that we've been working on. So yeah, had a good week. I'm a football team one, good. so I'm I'm always in a better mood after a couple of wins. So, you know, that's that's helped as well. So yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I'm just gonna check. Is is my uh Am I coming through a bit clearer for you now, Mark? Yeah, you seem okay, yeah. Okay. I was just gonna do a little check on uh um I'll, I'll see if I see if the what the service status is saying. No, it says it's all right. Cool. Oh, Hope it's clear enough for everybody else watching along. Um <clears throat> let's uh let's jump Right, in. so what we're getting stuck into today. Yeah, complexity in, in projects. So this is this is one of the things that maybe <laughs> hasn't gone so well in the last uh week or two and it's a kind of conversation that keeps coming up for the two of us um and especially around taking on new work um yep and maybe especially around taking on new work of the type you haven't maybe done that exact thing before um so you're kind of kind of confident that you can provide a solution um but you don't know exactly how exactly how long it's going to take so you're kind of pressured a little bit into coming up with a price. You come up with that price based on, you know, okay, so I think this feels reasonable and I think it will probably cover the time spent and all that kind of thing. And then afterwards it's like, oh yeah, I should have just listened to my gut and this was way harder than than I thought it was going to be. Or yeah, I think it's like different personality types. So, you know, there's like more optimistic and more pessimistic uh people and i think on this regard it's probably good to err on the side of pessimistic but there, there's a balance isn't there because if you're too pessimistic mm. you never do anything if you're too optimistic you always lose money <laughs> so yeah 
Yeah, pessimist never does anything, and therefore that's kind of what you're around for. That's what you're in the position you're in for. That's what the client wants you to do. So it's difficult sometimes to yeah. deliver the stuff they want, you know, with the without getting too much hidden complexities. It's I'd be interesting to hear what other people think about this sort of stuff. You know, when you get a project comes in and you have got you know, you reckon you can cover 90% of that spec, maybe a bit less, maybe 80% of that spec. You know, you've done that before, you're confident with the process, but there is that small element of the project that you're thinking, mm. not sure, I've got ideas, but I'm not sure how we can do that. We could do it like this, we could do it like this, we could perhaps investigate that. And how do you go about quoting for that? Um, do, do you quote for that or do you do some investigatory work? Yeah. Or, you know, it'd be interesting to hear what people what people do. So, We've we've taken multiple approaches in the past, haven't we? Where we've yeah we've sort of taken a stab at it and, and given it a, a good guesstimate as our time and, and 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 value and so forth and done that. We've also taken the approach where we go back to a client and say, hey, you know, we're covered with this part of the project, but this part needs some investigation. So if you give us a couple of hours worth of 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 a, of a charge, if that makes sense. And if they're on a monthly retainer, we can usually take that out of a monthly retainer. Um, we'll go away and investigate it. And at that point, we'll either be able to give you a firm quote once we've done that investigation, or we'll come back and say, I'm sorry, we can't, you know, we can't do the job. But sometimes yeah. clients don't mind that because they've taken a small uh, price to then get the information they need, or some don't like that at all because why am I paying for something that I'm never actually going to get back and, and so forth? And yeah, I think it came to head this week, didn't it? Where we'd, yeah. we, we'd done some work. Uh, with maps and things, wasn't it? It's the Google Maps API type thing we were looking at, and uh, it was it was one of those where we got like almost the way. So we gave the gave a quote to the to the client. Um, I must the, the client's done nothing wrong here, by the way. I'm well, more about the client because the no, client just literally yeah. followed what, everything we said. Um, so we we gave a quote to the client. They've agreed to that quote. We've pressed on with the work. Well, Keith pressed on with those mainly Keith's work. Um, got got it working and then once it got into sort of um, a, a staging environment it became clear that there were some issues with various different parts of it mm. and mainly unforeseen things you know that you just don't you can't think of everything when you're quoting and when you when you're specking something out so they they cropped up you went away it took a while we fixed them other things cropped up and then you sat there yeah. now thinking I wish I hadn't bothered taking this on because actually the complexity is probably like double or treble what we thought it was going to be in the first yeah. instance so it just it's really difficult how how do we deal with those sort of uh those sort of things in, in the future i think is what we've been trying to discuss we? exactly and it i think the more experienced a developer you are the more wary you are and um, you know with with this kind of stuff but it also it's difficult because when a client comes to us and they want a bit of functionality it can seem so it can seem straightforward definitely to them sometimes even to us you know although like i say we are slightly more wary these days and because because we understand the complexity like that it, that it exists we don't understand the complexity of that particular project at that moment but we understand that these things do happen very frequently or we obviously want to account for that in the price that we give but yeah. then sometimes it's much easier than you think it's going to be and you get it done quite quickly so you don't it, it's just it's the, it's a pricing it's a pricing problem more than anything else because we know i know 
that I can deliver this project. I've got the skills to do it. And like he can say, I would need to do this, this, and this, and this isn't working, and that like fix that. I can I know I can do it. I just don't know how long it's gonna take. And if like I gave a fixed price that I thought was reasonable at the time, I probably went slightly high. I think you thought it should have been higher. Potentially. I thought it should have been higher, yeah. Yeah, at the time. And and it's just like it's it has it's come it's come back to bite me and now I'm like oh I want to finish it I'm, I'm gonna finish it and I want to do a good job but it's all this polish at the end and not just polish it's like just things that we didn't ever think about and you couldn't have reasonably been expected to think about with without some yeah. kind of like proper pre-project process where you're like right let's just write down every single step of oh. this like interface Speaking and of- like how it can go wrong. Speaking of pre-project process, there's some comments which I want to come to. So Cameron says paid scoping, which is which I, yes. Uh, Sam also says paid scoping. You win some, you lose some, so that's fine. Um, mm. And Elliot says write a technical spec, which I guess yeah. comes after the paid scoping. So I think my question back to, to the paid scoping question is that um, I often find, particularly with, in this example, that you almost have to do the thing to be yeah. able to scope it. Yeah, I so, agree. So in, in many ways, you've you've done 80% of the work to get to the point where you you know the scope. Uh, so that's that's where it falls apart for me because the scoping ends up so expensive. Um, so that's, that's a tricky one. I think scoping works for bigger projects, you know, entire website builds where you can really... Uh, spend a lot of time getting down to the nitty gritty of the different yeah. parts of the project and what they'll entail, and then the the paid part of that scoping is a reasonable amount of money. I think that works. But this particular project, you know, it's adding a a relatively small feature. Obviously, it's turned out much bigger than we thought in terms of complexity, but a relatively small feature to an existing project, and therefore paid scoping becomes a little bit more tricky. But I'm not against paid scoping at all. I think that's a very sensible suggestion. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. I think just coming back to what I was saying at the start, what I've been doing this week with the integration with the new partner provider, in in many ways, at the start of that, I was in exactly the same situation. So I was like, I don't know how to do this. So I have I've had some ideas. I have an API. I've got some documentation I can read and so on, but I don't know how to do it. And I don't know whether I'm going to be able to do it. For me, the difference between that and what we were doing with this other project is that I can say to, to our client, it was more than happy to pay to get this integration off the ground because that's what they wanted. I can say to our client, well, I'm going to do this for X, okay? If I can't do it, you don't pay because I know that whatever I deliver, I can then use again and again and again and again and again for this project or for this product going forward. Whereas when you're doing something in isolation, I just find you see that like I'm never going to use this. I'm going to learn this thing that's going to be of benefit to this person or this company. Yeah. But then I'm never really going to do it again. So how do you price that part of it as well? It gets mm-hmm. quite tricky. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, hidden complexities. It's one of our. I don't know what the word is. It's, it's something that we always struggle with when you're quoting, um, and I think the, the more you get down the sort of WordPress development or up the WordPress development ladder, maybe not down, 
this comes up more and more because you tend to be doing things that are more complex because they haven't been done before because there's nothing mm. out there that has them. So these things crop up more and more, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's tricky because it makes me feel like we're kind of reluctant to take that stuff on yeah. sometimes. And I don't want to feel like that. And it is it is just because it's a pricing problem. I think the the paid scoping thing is really interesting, but say say it's like your gut feel is that this is like a fifteen hundred quid piece of work. Right? I don't know. Like are you gonna ask for how much up front? I don't know. Like two hundred fifty yeah. credit. I maybe, maybe not. And the other thing I think you mentioned there that's I think is really important is that some of this complexity we wouldn't have even caught if we'd done a paid scoping exercise yeah. like yeah. we we would have assumed that we could have done certain things that actually turned out to be very difficult and we we would have missed some of the things that tripped us up in the end we, we would have back to the paid scoping yeah. for this project in particular would be doing it <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway exactly. it would be doing the bulk of it to find the issues that's exactly the and like with that api stuff you know that you, that you were doing you kind of needed to do the work, like you said, like doing the work is the scoping. So it's like, you know, yeah. I, you know, you have to start using the API really to understand if you're going to be able to solve the problems you're trying to solve with it. Um, but I think when I was doing the API stuff, I, I came across some problems with like the rate limiting, wasn't it? There was like, I was going to end up being yeah. having to send too many requests per whatever the limit was. Uh, just, just with the way the API works, if you had a lot of jobs <laughs> in your system and you want to pull all those jobs, the number of requests you'd have to do within a time scale would have gone over the rate limit. So you'd I had to then build something that stopped that happening. But with that, I was happy to do that over and above because I knew that the benefit to going forward for, for us as a business and a product is worth it. Yeah. But when it's an isolated project, that, that becomes a lot more difficult. You're like, well, I've caught this much. I've already spent this much time. Yeah, and then you sat there thinking, "I've got to get this finished." I told the client it's going to be ready, you know, reasonably, and so on, and that just becomes very frustrating. The, the other in interesting thing, just reading Elliot's comment again, there, like, write a technical spec. I, I partly really agree with that, uh, and we, you know, we we've done that. We've done paid scoping sessions before, and the kind of deliverable is a, you know fairly detailed technical specification we, we've done a lot of that and it's been really 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 handy on a lot of projects just thinking about this maps project in particular if i had done that i i may have tied myself up into committing to certain features and workflows that i actually couldn't deliver whereas because the brief was quite loose it's just like show jobs on a map kind of thing basically um because there were some technical challenges, I hadn't I hadn't committed myself to anything, if that makes sense. So I could I could just find the right solution through through the process and by talking to the client saying, look, we, it turns out we can't actually do this or there's this limitation, but here's an option. Whereas if I'd had this kind of rigid technical specification, I would have felt under a lot of pressure to like deliver that exact thing. Otherwise, what's kind of what's the point in it? I know you can be flexible. You can go back and forth and discuss things with the client. But yeah, it's just, it's just again, it's a, it's a balance thing and it's an it depends thing. And it it's why this kind of works right. I think you'd always want to spec, a technical spec of like, we're going to deliver these things. But 
in this particular instance, and again, because it's a smaller piece of work, like that would take a long time to write, which has to be ch charged for. <clears throat> so the scope of the project just gets more and more bigger because you're having to do all that work as well. So I, I think you're right, though. I think if you had a technical spec, even if the technical spec was like, we're going to show jobs on a map and they're going to look like pins or whatever, at least you could go back and say, well, we've done that. Like I, I know hmm. you, you don't like this and this and this about it, but we have actually done what we said we were going to do. Maybe that's the, the, the yeah. thing, but... We just like helping customers, so we're probably a bit too generous. Yeah, uh, and that—that's the other kind of like pressure that you're under, because sometimes, like, we're inclined to say we don't know how to do that. Like, we've never done this before. We kind of think we can do it, but we're not sure. We're probably not the right and the ideal team to be taking this on. But we are their web team, like, yeah. and so there's that pressure to like be the go-to guys because that's what we're there for sort of you know that's that's what yeah, our, i agree it's about so it, it's really difficult you feel this kind of like oh I, I want to help them not just not just for the money not just for anything else it's just for because they rely on us to be able to provide these kind of solutions yeah um, and you keep and saying well, i think we we end up taking jobs probably that we shouldn't because we feel that pressure i think you're right but i do think this particular job is within our this one is. What's the word? It's it's not within our skill set because we didn't know how to do it, but it's within our skill set in that it's comfortable with the sort of skills that you were using to deliver it. I don't know whether that makes any sense, but it's not completely out of the realms of, you know, for example, we're not saying, oh, we're going to build a, a an iOS app. Like we know what, that is completely and utterly out of our comfort zone. We wouldn't have a clue. That's completely different. Whereas the, the tools, resources, languages, uh, you know, the things you're using are within our skill set in this one. So I think that's probably not the case, but, you know, it's interesting. Let's have a look at some comments. Um, Sam says, if you want this type of work, then there's an element of R&D and learning which should be allocated to offset the cost. Is does, that... Does Sam mean that, is that that should be the R&D and learning is paid for or isn't paid for? I can't quite work it out from that comment. Yeah. Yeah, and he also said before that, I should have put this one first, are you working on projects with too many unknowns that you've not worked with before? Is this the sort of work that you want? That's a good That's a good question. That's a good question. I think, is it the sort of work we want? Ideally, <laughs> no. I want to be able to do exactly the things that I know how to do and charge a lot of money for them. But actually, yeah, I think we do. Like, I want to learn new stuff. I want to push the boundaries exactly. of what I know. And clients want that from us. That's why yeah. they've hired us, I think, to yeah. do these things that they want specific to them that are not these generic off-the-shelf solutions that deliver stuff. So yeah. if we continue, continuously turn around and say, well, no, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. There will be a time when the client says, well, you're useless then. Let's just go and get someone else who can do these things. Yeah, so that's absolutely. why I think there's a bit of pressure to to deliver on these things as well. There's um, the Sorry, go ahead. I'll come in after. Sorry, go on. Derek says, I agree with Mark. Big difference to when you're working on something you use again. If it's something I'll never use again, I tend to price higher. I think I'd agree with that. Is that for a client, though? I don't know. Mm. But I don't disagree with you. Um, the spec, uh, Elliot says, the spec doubles up as the scoping dock and avoids scope creep. Yeah, we, we were saying that. I think that's fair enough. <clears throat> and then Derek, I like the honesty, that honesty, Keith. I've done this exact thing before. That's a great place to start the conversation. I haven't done this exact thing before. Sorry, yeah. I haven't done. Yeah, we, we're always honest with the customer. We'll, we'll yeah. definitely. If uh, 
if we if we, we can't do something or we've never done it, we'll tell them. Um, and then Sam just, I think this is just clarify Keith's question. <clears throat> to be clear, if you caught it £100 and you should have charged 200 there was a lot of useful learning that you can then take forward. Then I put that 100 down, right? So it's basically you're not charging the client, you're taking that extra oh, learning that you can move forward yeah. into the business. But that that comes back to then what I was saying about are you going to ever use this thing again with other customers? Yeah. I'm, you know, we may well do Google Map work again in the future. Um, you know, we almost definitely will. But by the time we do that, I've probably forgotten what I've done. Yeah. <laughs> like so, so <laughs> like is is it useful? Is it useful R and D? You know, like am I taking anything forward? Um, I'm I'm not I'm not sure I am, but I, I get what I get what but, Sam's saying there. Like, there which is, actually brings up another question, which is not on our list to talk about. Is and we, we were talking about this before. Is we had a customer, didn't we? This this week, um, with a RecPress install, <clears throat> and they wanted to do something. We'd done it before for another customer, and could I find that work? I couldn't even find which customer it was. Yeah, and it took me about an hour to find out where this piece of work was. And it, yeah. that comes down to how do you. How do you document like the little snippets and solutions that you've had for other projects? Uh, I would love to know if anyone's got solutions for that. How do you? Where do you put them? How are they searchable? Yeah, um, like get we were both saying, like we need a bank of these things that we can just go out and search. You know what we're trying to do? So, oh yeah, we did that for that's there and that's mm. how it works. I think that would be super important. But so, if anyone's any solutions to that, I would love to hear from you. Yeah, that that's. <sighs> It's something that we should probably be better at now, I think, because we're doing all these little custom, yeah, sure. like with Job Relay and with RackPress, we, we do these little kind of customization functions because obviously you've built everything in a very filterable way. Um, so we've got like RackPress customizations plugins on loads of websites, but there's no way to search that because that's code that's on a customer's website. Um so yeah, we don't we don't document or store that stuff in a in a easy easy to find way. There's a couple of suggestions there. Um, Elliot says GitHub gists, which yeah we've used before. Um, good idea. Snippets Lab on iOS. Ooh, I presume that's Snippets a lab. phone app, is it? iOS. Um, but yeah, interesting. Phone. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, maybe we'll check that out. We. What we just did, because we just did one recently, don't we? We were like, let's not forget this, because this is something we're going to definitely need again. And we just created a page on the website and just stuck it in there. Yeah. Uh, in, in our documentation page. section. So at least it'll be searchable yep. on the website going forward. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah. We'll find it again. It's just like making sure you've got the right keywords and title on the post page so that when you search that thing, it comes up, obviously. It's, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and you know to search point. there in the first place, like you you kind of have to remember that you you've put stuff there. Like if you if you're constantly yeah. using one solution, like everything like this goes in a GitHub gist, then then that's you fine. You there, go, you go there and you look there. But if, for for us at the moment, we're not kind of like fully committed, and we don't have a bank of stuff that we like. That is where we're going to go and search for code that we've used in, in the past. Um, Add yeah. that to the list. We need Trick. a go-to place. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tricky stuff. I think the website makes sense for it, but yeah, because because actually it's stuff that other people might want to use. Yeah, like developers and stuff. So it makes sense to put it there. And then if anyone sends a support email and asks for it, we can just link to it, can't we? Say hey, we've done this. It could even be an embedded gist on the website, so it's in both places. I don't think we need the gist though, because with with the blocks, they look really cool. 
Yeah, the syntax highlighting yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all on the page then. So, yeah. yeah. And we can tag and categorize right. them and all that kind of good stuff. But yeah. We can. Let's move on. Let's move on uh, from it. hidden complexity and various other ailments that we've uh, got to. Um, I'm going to jump ahead one, and I'm going to go with WordPress London. It's yeah. back. It's good. So if you didn't know, um, WordPress London have released a new meetup, which I have forgotten the date. It's the 29th of February. I think it is the 29th of February. Um, and it is an in-person event as well. So it's like a, a traditional WordPress uh, meetup. They're going to be running a couple of talks, I believe, on AI in WordPress. I don't know who or what they are yet. I don't think they're on the, the page. No. Actually, not. Um, but I, was just, I saw it in my inbox and I was like, ooh, interesting. You know, kind of like a, a traditional event in person is back on the calendar. That is, uh, that's got to be good. So well done to, I think it's Paul and uh, who's, who's who was on the email who's who was going to um, meet yeah. doing the running of it. So that's great to see. Hopefully get lots yeah, of people really signed up, lots of people going. Um, I won't be able to get down, but I know I think you're going to, Keith. So I'm going to try to go, yeah. be nice to catch up with some old folks that I've not seen for a while. Yeah, the first, I had a look at the kind of attendees list and it was really early on. I think there was only maybe like less than 10 and it was like a lot of familiar faces. So that would be that'd be nice to, to catch up with some folk again, definitely. And hopefully we can kind of kickstart yeah, sure. the community uh, in this part of the world again because it's, yeah. it's lacking. Yeah. But um, yeah. I know, I know we've got some watchers, listeners that run events or have done in the past that I just wondered if, if those events are carrying on, have they, have they stopped? Have they got mm -hmm. issues? It'd be nice to see what, uh, what's happening with other places around the world, around the world, around the UK in particular. I know there was events like in Manchester, uh, Bristol used to have one, didn't they? Um, Cheltenham. Cheltenham, I'm looking at Elliot's picture yep. there. Cheltenham, yeah. <laughs> Cheltenham uh, had one. Where else did they have one? Obviously London. They had a few over in other side of the country, didn't they? I can't remember where they were though. Yeah, but there's there's a few there anyway. So Leeds, uh, be nice Leeds. to see them start up. Yep, absolutely. Leeds, yes, yeah, yeah. That was that was good. Yeah, um, nice to see some on. I just wanted to give a bit of an update on my WordPress.com uh, adventure. So that site I'm building for a friend of mine. Um, so I did a bit more work on that uh, yesterday, uh, and I actually had a. a so weird. So I was, you, if you watched last week's show, I was complaining about all this kind of stuff. I couldn't, couldn't do X, couldn't do Y, <laughs> couldn't do full width blocks, couldn't do this, that, and the other. And I, I logged on on, on yes, like yesterday to try to, I was like, right, I'm going to try to sort some of this stuff out. Otherwise, I'm just going to ditch, ditch WordPress. <laughs> Not like forever, <laughs> for all time, but like for this project. Yeah. And everything was just working. And I was just like, what on earth is going on so like I, I was expecting to go in and having to fix all these problems and the responsive views are all like text flowing off the sides and it was it was working so i am baffled. maybe maybe someone in wordpress.com has been watching our show and well thought, i'll fix all these problems just for keith <laughs> there were some dot com people uh that were like interacting with my tweets X's, whatever one of my call posts on X. Um, so who knows? I did think that I was like, have they just gonna fix the fix the theme? Who I don't knows? Know. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, so that was good. So most of that stuff was kind of working again. Um, That's good. 
the frustration now it was again like sitting with my friend and he's like oh can you just do, can you do this he's like i want like a a floating button you know that's just going to be like the the main call to action for the site is like schedule a consultation no sorry oh, like the <laughs> sticks in the bottom right yeah. or something or yeah yeah i was like not is not a plugin for that exactly probably probably i don't know but do i want a plugin for that i don't know anyway so like again these kind of sort of simple requests i was like yeah you can't just do that you know we need more we need to download stuff or i need to do something myself i could have probably just done it with some custom css and the customizer anyway there was that and then he was like i want to make this the header sticky i was like oh we could definitely do that do that so yeah, I, go, I go to the group the header template click on the group position sticky get in did it doesn't didn't work isn't sticky I was like, oh, maybe that's because it's sitting inside a group and it needs to be outside the group. So I changed that. No, it still doesn't work. Tried it on a bunch of stuff. Doesn't work. Did you wrap I, it in a group and then try and <laughs> that's exactly? And I, yeah, I'll probably I'll probably refresh it tomorrow and it'll be working. Maybe this is all caching problems. I I, I honestly don't know. Be, yeah. But um, yeah, again, just kind of frustrating. There's an option for it and it doesn't work. And I'm just like, oh, God damn it. If this was element. I don't love uh, Elementor, but if this is Elementor and I'd said, give me a sticky header, it would be a sticky header. Yeah. You know, I was uh, reading some of the re responses to your tweet about this. Um, a lot of people, and I, I kind of agree, they were saying like, the theme is doing this, the theme is doing this, or your theme is doing this. And I wonder if, and I yeah. said like, what is the point of a theme? Because if your theme is just interfering with what, what like core WordPress is outputting, then surely that like shouldn't be allowed almost, you know. Yeah. But, but I mean, I don't know whether it is in this instance. But people were saying like your theme is setting padding on or something, no, and then you didn't want I, that, so it was stopping I think you a from lot taking. Of people it didn't really understand the question and just kind of jump in right. with solutions to problems I haven't even raised. Someone had, someone had said okay. there was like there's like vertical padding on your on your theme or something. I was like. I'm talking about horizontal problems, not like so. Right. I mean, anyway, yeah, not not all the responses were very useful, um, as as is the norm uh, on social networks. But yeah, I do I do appreciate people trying to help. And if someone did magically go and fix the theme, then thank you very much. Really appreciate it. But uh, yeah, so we're getting there. The site's looking. It's actually it's looking yeah, definitely, definitely. pretty good. Um, now, so. Elliot's just said users' global settings should override theme settings yeah but you don't you don't have settings for everything right. sorry i'm i think i'm losing you keith i might be talking over you it's okay yeah that's literally yeah. what i was just going to say yeah you don't have settings for everything so sometimes you can't override things because the settings isn't like a mirror of theme json so you can't kind of override stuff um yeah. which would be maybe what we need is a is a like paste your own theme json in here to override the the one that's like defined in the theme, so you can just like change it. I don't know. Oh yeah, see so you mean. You could write, make a plugin. <laughs> yeah, so it's for literally that. like a copy in the edit. Like in like in the old plugin editor files, you just got a copy, and then you can just make edits and change it and, mm. and do that. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, I'm not sure we keep losing Keith, whether he's still here or not. I'm not sure. But um, the last thing that I had on my list to chat about was something I found out yesterday. So I was on, working on a site, and I wanted to upload a plugin. So I, up, I did my usual thing. I, it, again, it was one of these customizations plugins that we use for, like, RecPress and Jobra just to change a few things. And um, what we did was uh, I created the, the file, I zipped it, and then I went to upload it in WordPress in the upload, you know, plugin, add new, upload. 
And then I got this incompatible uh, archive thing. And I was like, all right, that's weird. Maybe it's just this website. So I sent the plugin to the client and they uploaded it and, and sorted it out. So, so then today I was on another website, did the same thing, get the same error. So I was like, huh, that's weird because it's two different websites. And um, so I did a bit of research and apparently something has changed in WordPress 6.4.3. And if you zip a file on a Mac with like right click compress, it won't let you upload it in WordPress. I don't oh, know why. No. So, so I was like, oh, that's great, isn't it? So this particular article, which I can link in the show notes, it was it was actually on Cadence uh, WP Help Center. I presume someone else has asked the same question. Um, they suggest if you use your terminal on your Mac to do the zipping, it works. And I can confirm that. I zipped it with the terminal instead of right-click and compress, and it worked. So uh, just something I found and thought, that is weird, because I've never seen it before. Um, I don't know if anyone else has seen it, but there you go. It might save you five minutes or five hours, depending on... What are you doing? Yeah. Anyway, we'll wrap it up. Apparently, you're absolutely loud and clear for everyone else, so it must be just me. So that's good. Yeah, something weird going on. Anyway, um, we'll wrap it up there. As always, if you haven't liked, please like us, like the video, and <laughs> do subscribe, ring the bell, and you get a notification as to when we release new live videos um we usually we're usually really slow at putting them out actually obviously it's usually a friday morning and i was like oh my god we haven't put the what scheduled the thing in so uh but we're always at opus one on a friday unless other things get in the way um and other than that we'll see you next friday thanks very much for joining us see you soon bye